YNAB is one of the major players in the world of budgeting apps. For some people, it's features like requiring a plan for each dollar, spreading savings plans evenly over time into sinking funds, or syncing with your bank accounts and credit cards are very helpful. For others, like today's guest, Sarah, it can seem like a great idea, but fall short in execution. Today, we'll talk about her shift from YNAB to pay period budgeting. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. You guys know I'm all about finding ways to minimize both clutter and overspending. If you're looking to reduce your clothes spending while still having new styles to try, this is for you. I have a couple events coming up that I'd love to have new pieces for. With the clothes I got from Armoire, I can have multiple high-end options for the price of one outfit. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash debtfreemom. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash debtfreemom to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. All right, Sarah. So we are going to talk about a few different softwares that you've tried in the past and then your experience with the debtfreemom pay period template. So can you tell our listeners what are some of the budget softwares you've tried in the past? and maybe what you liked about them, what you found helpful about them. We have tried several in the past and mostly just, I feel like it all comes down to communication. My husband was always the person that was taking care of making sure the bills were getting paid. And I felt like I didn't really have any idea what was going on. And he felt like I didn't really have any idea what was going on. Just swipe and hope for the best and Mm -hmm. and that's fine but that was not working in the long term so we were both frustrated that we weren't on the same page not that we're having a fight over spending money but I couldn't tell you where our money was going Mm -hmm. from month to month like how much we're spending on groceries or gas or even our regular recurring expenses so we tried mint several times and we've been married for 13 years. So Mm -hmm. as long as that's been around, we tried some other questionable methods when we first got married, like (laughs) we'll just spend what we need to and save the rest. Well, yeah, that never works. (laughs) There's no rest. (laughs) No. And I felt like having something automated that synced to our bank accounts would make it easier because in theory, that does sound very easy. And it was, but I didn't feel like I was putting any input into where those dollars were going, just seeing that they were coming and going. You're getting paid, you're paying the bills, you're getting paid, you're paying the bills. There's not, to me, there wasn't a lot of room to, to set goals. I know people probably think it is tedious to track every single dollar, but to me that I feel like is what made the difference is that I'm the one or Clint, my husband is the one Mm -hmm. that's that's entering that transaction into the budget instead of the automated process. It just makes it seem like it's not real money at that point. Yeah. And a lot of times too, because it's synced, the only time you notice it or know how it impacts your mm-hmm. your overall goals is once it's already happened. So even if it yeah. ends up being something that you're, you're like, ooh, that kind of takes more away from it than I thought. It's already said and done. It's already been bought or whatever. Yeah. 
you're still not planning for your expenses ahead of time. You're just setting a goal or a framework and hoping that you stay within whatever that that goal is, whether it's for saving or spending. But you're still looking at it after the fact. It's you're not making a plan at the beginning of the pay period or at the beginning of the month. I get paid once a month still. When you were using like Mint or did you ever use YNAB? I have tried YNAB and okay. it was a little too much for me. Yeah. I don't want to know every single. Yeah. Every, I need a little I need a little buffer and every single dollar. I, I like the concept and it really is this, you're giving your money a job and that's great. The concept works, but it was a little bit too complicated for me and mm-hmm. I think too especially in a in a marriage or in a partnership when you're trying to get both people on board with mm-hmm. using whatever method that you're going to go with it needs to be simple enough to where it doesn't take you an hour to figure out how to do it I personally have not used YNAB but I do know that it's it's really 50 50 of like people try mm-hmm. it and they're like oh this is awesome and this really helps and then the people who don't like it really don't like it And it tends to be similar to what you said of like, I have to go down to the exact dollar. And then if I change anything, if I go like $4 over my grocery budget, everything is red. And so I I can see how that would be really, that would make you not want to be, you know, consistent with it. It makes you not want to use it because it feels more restrictive and less like a planning tool. And more defeating of like, yeah, I know for me, if everything kept turning red every time I didn't follow the plan mm. exactly, I would be like, never mind. Yeah. I mean, stuff comes up and oh yeah, and you try. And especially if, as we've used the template, I can go back and anticipate. Just the other day, I looked back. We're going on vacation all next week. We went on the mm-hmm. same trip. Last year, I knew we're staying in the same place. Everything's the same. How much did we spend on that? In reality, not in La La Land, where you think Mm -hmm. you can go on vacation for a thousand (laughs) bucks. How much did we really spend and where are we going to lot that money from? And how's it really going to go? And the same thing like with Christmas and things that, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody thinks you see these little things online. Oh, if you save $5 a week and then Mm -hmm. blah, 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 then you'll have this much by Christmas. But that's, I don't know. Yeah, I can't I don't, I don't do that. that long, but I, I can look back and see, okay, this is what we spent last year mm-hmm. and use that to go from there. You don't have to know down to the exact the exact penny. So when you were using something like Mint or YNAB and it was syncing with your bank accounts, did you have a kind of rhythm that allowed you to say, okay, once a month I'm going to look at it? Or did you be like, oh, it's got it. It's all synced. And so you tend to look at it less or maybe pay attention to what was going on. If you could give like, oh, I looked at it once a week or once a month, what was your process for trying to pay attention? I think at first, anytime you're doing something new, you're going to check in more often. But it was still to me like an avoidance thing because I just saw like, oh, there it goes. Oh, gosh, (laughs) more money coming out. (laughs) Yes. I I don't know. You have to look at it more than once a month. Mm-hmm. Because then when you go in at the end of the month and see that you're in the hole or that you didn't meet whatever savings goal that you had. But I don't know. I felt like for me, I always start off strong and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And then the novelty wears off and it just becomes, like you like you said, a, a negative thing. You don't want to yeah. look and see that, oh, I overspent in this category and that category. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no way to move stuff around and adjust as you go. So I used to try and actually budget by mint. 
And I know one of the frustrating things for me was the limited number of categories that I had. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to kind of break it down a little further, but it was basically just like anything related to the kids was all just kids. And I I do know that a couple of years after I started using it, they started to allow subcategories a little bit easier than they had before. But the other thing that I remember is that you can't you can never work on a month that hasn't started yet. So like if it was November 30th, I could not map out December. I had to wait until December started and then Mint would roll over and show me everything for December. Now that I budget differently, I can see how that also creates problems because Mm -hmm. if individual months of our year might have expenses that are bigger than our income inside that month, right? Like perfect example, you said you're going on vacation. Thanksgiving is a week after that. Christmas is just a few Mm -hmm. weeks after that. So if we wait until the month starts to then be like, oh, yeah, whatever is happening in this month, I'll just pay for it this month. That is not always, I mean, I don't know, maybe somebody who is earning a lot more than me. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late. Yeah, it really is. I know that was a frustration of mine was like, I would realize that on the first of the month, but what are you supposed to do? Like what, what, how are you supposed to plan ahead for a month that has already started? So you kind of hobbled along with those different tools, Mm. trying them maybe in and out of mint a couple of times, like you said. What made you willing to try something like the debt-free mom budget template, which if for people who are listening who haven't tried it before, it's not automated at all. There are formulas Mm -hmm. that will calculate things for you. So it'll add up your income. It'll add up your expenses. But it's certainly not linked at all with any credit card bank account. What made you willing to be like, okay, maybe what we actually need is something that is less synced up? I think I just wanted something that was simple. And I am a self-proclaimed spreadsheet nerd. I have spreadsheets for everything. So I thought if you're already using something, I mean, and I guess even if you're not a spreadsheet person, I could totally see it's very easy to use. It's very simple. Just kind of getting back to basics, almost like balancing your checkbook in the olden Mm -hmm. days. I say the olden days. My mom still does that. Yep. My mom does too. (laughs) Yeah. Just getting something simple. And I think to some of the hurdles, like with the automated apps, it tries to categorize everything, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times it miscategorizes it. So you have to go in there anyway and change whatever that transaction is to what it's supposed to be. So you're already touching it every day anyway. Mm -hmm. And I also felt like the automation was not as hands-on as I needed it. To be like, Mm. I needed to go in there and look at it every day. I needed to reconcile those transactions, not every day, but at this point, every couple of days, every three or four Mm -hmm. days to to actually look and see what's going on rather than just watch the money go out of my bank account and being able to plan ahead and look at not only the months ahead, knowing the expenses that you have coming up, but going back to previous months now that we've Mm -hmm. used it for long enough Mm -hmm. and looking at trends, say, Christmas as another example. Mm -hmm. It's not just Christmas gifts and things like our grocery budget will be much more in December and being able to plan for those things instead of feeling like, oh gosh, now I'm hobbling to the next Mm -hmm. payday. So what you said, you're paid once a month. Is that the schedule that you plan the pay period budget out or do you have another income in the household that you plan out by? So I am a teacher. I'm paid once a month. 
Okay. And except for in the summer when I'm not paid at all. Not paid. Okay. <laughs> That's great. That, I was a teacher and we were paid year round. The we summer. used they divided to. Ours. Okay. That would be so hard. Yeah, it is. And, and it hurts. Now kind of what I do is mentally take that aside and just pay myself whatever I yeah. would have gotten paid. Yeah. I mean, it is hard. So I'm paid once a month and I budget monthly. Sometimes it's a long time, especially like when you look at groceries. I feel like that's a big chunk of money to look at for us, usually six or seven hundred dollars yep. to stretch that the month. I know that we could break it down into basically two two week pay periods, but I feel like too, I've been paid once a month for mm-hmm. I've been teaching for twelve years. My husband was a teacher too. So all of our bills are kind of on that schedule now so we just it's we've been able to to work it and and be successful with it but sometimes it does feel like a long time and my husband is paid on commission he is in real estate so he could have a payday and then not get paid for months so we try to budget and we this this is something I did not ever think that we would be able to do when he resigned from his teaching job just on my teaching salary I know that makes it seem like, like, oh, his money is his money and my money is my money. But we try to budget just on that teaching salary because, mm-hmm. I mean, you really never know in commission, yep. any commission-based job. And then that money, his commissions, we use for investments okay. and bulking up our savings when that comes in. That's a great way to do it. I mean, yeah, when it is manageable to budget by the one that is at least regular where you're like, okay, I I know what I'm going to receive and when I'm going to receive it. That does make it a lot less stressful than maybe having that real estate income be if it was like your only household income, then I I know I would be up at night. I would be. (laughs) Yeah, I, I would be too. And sometimes I look at it, especially when he first started working in commission, like, oh my gosh, it would take me two months of teaching to make that. that, And he still thinks in those terms. He's been out for four (laughs) years and he still thinks like, okay, if this is how much it is, it would take me three months of teaching to do that. That's just his his mental thing. But yeah, and we're lucky. I know that not everybody is able to budget just on the one Mm -hmm. person's regular income. That has worked for us for the last, I would say, year and a half. That's kind of been our goal. That's an awesome goal to work towards because then you, when he does get paid, then you don't feel like, well, this has to go to bills and this, you're kind of freed up to be like, all right, what will best move our goals forward? Yeah. We're not using his paychecks on money that we've already spent, which is Mm -hmm. how, how I could see it going a lot of times. Yeah. So we try. There are some things that we're like, oh, okay, let's wait to do that until we, you anticipate something coming but yeah, yeah, for the most for sure. part, it gives us the flexibility to kind of plan towards bigger goals. When did you switch from whatever you were doing most recently into mm-hmm. the debt-free mom template? We switched in August of last year. So I look at like the school year is like my fiscal year. Yes, that's your year. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> life runs in school years. And so when I started back to school, 2022, August 1st, like my first paycheck of that school year, which was good timing for us in a lot of ways. We had had a lot of things change financially. We had moved last summer, which made a big difference in our month to month budget. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like it was a good time to really get a handle on it and really try to start budgeting just with my school paycheck. 
when you filled it out and you were like, all right, let's try something different. Did you have any specific goals in mind you were trying to achieve? Or was it just, I would rather be less frustrated and more in tune? Was it kind of just wanting to find something that you could feel more consistency with? Or did you have a specific goal in mind? Really, our goal was to be able to just budget on that one okay. school paycheck. That was, and I mean, it's, it's not easy. I'm in North Carolina, which if you want to look it up, it's not great. <laughs> Very low cost of living area, which is good, uh-huh. but not the greatest as far as teacher salaries. And I carry my husband on my health insurance and, okay. and my son as well. So it's a lot. So that was our biggest goal to be able to try to make it work. Um mm-hmm with just my paycheck. And also I wanted to be more involved in Mm. what was going on Mm -hmm. financially. And I mean, if someone would have asked like, what's your electric bill? I could have told them, Mm -hmm. but, but really I just felt like it was money coming in and money going out all the time with no real rhyme or reason and no, Mm -hmm. no, no specific goals. I just, I didn't really know. So that makes me feel like kind of clueless saying it, but my husband would say too, he's probably a lot happier now that we are both on the the same page about it and we can look at it and see every day where we stand more than just the number, your balance and your checking account. So before you switched to that, was he primarily managing the money? And then as part of transitioning to that template, you stepped into a, a more involved role or had you been doing that before? No, he was definitely, I would say the primary manager. Okay. So he would get on and I'm going to pay all these bills. He would write them down mm-hmm. in his little notebook and we'd, we'd kind of go through it like on the first of the month. Cause that's, like I said earlier, that's kind of how we have all of our bills set up. So on the first of the month, we would sit and go and do all of everything that we could pay. Mm-hmm. And he would really take care of, I would say 90% of that. Now it might be like, 80, 20, the other way around, which I think is fine too. I mean, he has his own, his business finances and he deals Mm -hmm. with all of that. But I think the biggest thing is we're both looking every day at the plan Mm -hmm. and at the spreadsheet and seeing what we have coming up and where we're at. So for anyone listening who might not know, I just this morning, I had to answer a really basic question in email about how Google Sheets and Google Drive works. What Sarah's describing is that when you're using a Google File or their other cloud-based services as well, two people can be on two different Mm. accounts with two different devices and they can look at the exact same file. So for example, her husband could record filling up his gas tank and he could put that transaction into the budget. And if she happens to be on her phone while he's typing that in, she'll actually see it. So it is a really awesome way to get two different people who are managing one set of finances on a more consistent page where you don't have to rely on one person telling the other person what they did. You have the opportunity to share that file so that both people can see how what each of them are doing is contributing to the overall financial picture, which I think is a really important thing to know about it. I think a lot of times people have the concept of like when we were back in school and it was like Microsoft Word files where like when you click save, (laughs) nobody else could see it, right? Like the only thing that you could do was that you had your file and nobody else saw it until you sent it to them. But if you made a change after you sent it, they didn't see the changes. But with Google Sheets, which is how we use it, if you share that with someone, it's all live real-time updates, which really does help with that budgeting, two people budgeting together issue. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I've worked like within the Google sphere for so long. Like, I, yeah. 
So he has it, well, we both have it linked as a shortcut on our phone. So you can look at it that way. And then I like to look on my computer, but I think too, a lot of people carry a lot of guilt around money. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I spent $47 at Home Goods today, Mm -hmm. which I did. But like, oh, I have to go home and hide. And I mean, I know you see people online, it's like a cutesy thing, like, hide these Amazon boxes in the from my husband yeah. or like my wife doesn't know I bought whatever this thing is. And I don't like that. Not a fan. I just know. So I think that's a lot of it too. Just, just put it, put it in. I don't care as long as there's a plan for it. Yeah. It's just more transparency. Which really helps with, because you are like, I always try to tell people when they're saying, oh, we're so frustrated with each other. We're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are a team. So like we, we have to figure out how to get whatever you want out of the budget represented and whatever your partner wants out of the budget represented in there. So both people feel like things are moving the way that they would want it to. So I'm interested then, did you bring the idea of the template to him since at the time he was primarily managing your finances? And were you just like, hey, I want to try this different method? Or how did that go down when he was the one managing it? And then you not only wanted to take it over, but also wanted to try a method that you hadn't done before. I did bring it to him, which, I mean, we've been married for a long time. We both have a lot of big ideas over the years. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he definitely could be frustrated at times. Like when was the last time you looked at our bank account? Not Mm -hmm. that I was spending too much or that he was spending too much, just that really neither of us really knew. Because we hadn't really sat down and looked at it. I mean, you can see it's very different than looking at your transactions on your credit card statement or your debit mm-hmm. card statement or your banking website. That's very hard to tell even then because you could you could go through and say, well, you spent this, this, mm-hmm. this, this, and this. and But it's not the whole picture, I guess. Right, right. So I brought that idea to him and watched the little video tutorial Mm -hmm. and set it up and we did we went through and did the budget snapshot together and like I said a lot of things had changed in our finances so I felt like it was also a good time to kind of have a fresh start so it took him a while like I do think he thought it was a little tedious Uh at first but now I think he I know he appreciates it because he goes in there and uses it too (laughs) yeah and especially if, <laughs> if one of the things that he wanted was for you to kind of have more of an awareness so that it yes. was more mutual, he probably sees yes. that that was something that he wanted and is now getting by having this method. So that's yeah. really cool. That's awesome that that not only were you both willing to try a different method, but also try to shift those roles around. Because I think that's a really important thing, too, is when you're in marriages that are decades long, relationships that are decades long, it's not like one way of doing anything is going to work that entire time. So, you know, if he's managing the money for a while and then you have a a job change or a move or whatever, or just someone who's interested in a different thing, it's perfectly okay to be like, hey, I know you've been managing the budget for a while. I want to give this method a go. And I think if each person at some point can be the primary finance manager, I think it helps then in the times where they're not the one primarily managing the money, they have a lot more empathy for that job, that task. And yeah. can really help to work together instead of butting heads about it. So I think that's cool that you have both at some point been that person and then now you are. So as you stepped into that a year and three months ago yep. or so, what was difficult about it at first? As you started out and you were putting the transactions in, you had each column would have been a month. Were there things that you feel like you needed to iron out at the beginning? What parts of it were difficult? Was it building the budget? Was it tracking the budget? I think really at the beginning, 
just building it because I really didn't know. I mean, I really couldn't have told you on average what I felt like we needed to budget for groceries or gas or whatever. I don't want to sound completely clueless. Like I could have given you a ballpark number, but Mm -hmm. I think just the first couple months, really just like the reality of what we were spending and where it was going. That was the hardest part for me and thinking, okay, well, then we need to move this around or we need to move Mm -hmm. that around. And like I said, I've tried to kind of take the guilt aspect out of it. Like I don't, yes, money is a, is a tool Mm -hmm. and every paycheck you have this opportunity to decide what you're going to do with it. So just trying to make it more transparent Mm -hmm. where both of us were getting in the habit of using it. That was a big adjustment too. Mm -hmm. But I think building from the ground up was probably the most challenging thing because we just really didn't know. If you're not paid once a month, why are you budgeting that way? A monthly budget ignores the fact that sometimes your expenses are due before the next paycheck is available. A pay period budget is built around your unique pay schedules so that your money doesn't feel like a mess. Create an accurate, realistic plan for getting the most out of each paycheck. Get started budgeting by pay period today with the best-selling budget template and mini course from me, Debt Free Mom. It's available for just $9 at debtfreemom.co slash template. So how long do you feel like it took to to realize that that effort was worth your time? So it was more granular than a software you tried before. It was more hands-on. First of all, I'm glad that you actually stuck it out because sometimes people try it. And when it's not like as smooth as possible the very first month, they're kind of just like, oh, well, that doesn't work. But I really do think it takes like at least probably 12 weeks or so to be like, oh, now I understand kind of what should be included, how to track it, what works for me. So how long do you feel like it took or do you have a specific memory of kind of a turning point where you're like, oh, this is why it's helpful? I would say, yeah, probably at least three or four months, which for me would have been three or four pay periods. Uh And a lot of things, too, come up kind of quarterly, I feel like Mm -hmm. is a good Mm -hmm. way to think about it, too. So when you could start to see stuff repeating from previous quarters and start to really see trends and that was rewarding for me too to be able to to go back and look at previous months and mm-hmm. see okay we were able to save this much or we were able to whatever this big paycheck was if it was like a commission check in a, in a way that was more meaningful than okay well now we got paid and we have to go back and look at what we need to pay for right but i would say and at least 3 or 4 paid three or paychecks four yeah, yeah. three yeah. which for me for it was 3 or 4 months I just think that is so important for people to realize is that when it's when you have that like first pay period or that first month and it feels messy and like you forgot a bunch of stuff, it does not at all mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means that it's new. And so I even I mean, I'm in year, I don't know, seven of doing budget by pay period and I still forget bills like it'll I'll still have stuff pop up and I'm like, whoop, I didn't put that in there or whatever. So I that's why like we often like to say that budget success is about persistence and not perfection Mm -hmm. because you're just never going to get it perfectly right. Because like you said, I think that the time you invest at the beginning when it's challenging does really return less time. You get more efficient over time because you can look back, like you said. So like especially that year mark, I think if somebody can get to one year of using it, And then you go to fill it out again and you're like, oh, I don't have to guess about what my January electric bill is. I'm just going to look back at January. Yes. And that really does 
substantially cut down how much effort I think is involved in setting it up and in tracking it because then you're building on itself. And so it's just getting easier and easier each time because you're remembering. I know this year it came around and I had a little note in there on November and it was like bright yellow and it was like, don't forget the annual Disney Plus renewal or something because I had forgotten it the year before. And so it was just one of those things where I logged in. I was like, oh, there's an annual Disney Plus charge that I didn't plan for. But I was able to right away go into the next year and be like, don't forget this. And so then it came around and I didn't forget it. So I think every time, like just like what you were saying, those first couple months, every time you can just persist a little bit more and add some more information in and just without guilt, correct it when you made a mistake, Mm -hmm. it continues to become a much more simplified and accurate process. Yeah. And there are still some months that I look when I close out that pay period and I'm like, that was a mess. You know, (laughs) well, do better next time. I don't know. I mean, and and we're lucky, you know, we have a wiggle room and savings if we need to pull from emergency funds or whatever we need to do. But yeah, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh, this happened or spontaneous things come up, things that you Mm -hmm. forgot about. But I don't think, yeah, that's not a reason to to throw it yeah. all away. And I do think at the beginning, anytime you try something new, it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy. And oh yeah, if you screw up one month, well, that's okay. Or one paycheck, one pay period, just mm-hmm. go on and try it again next time. And I think it, it's, I think it just comes down to, even though it is messy and it's not perfect, it's still better than doing absolutely nothing, right? Like if yes. the alternative is, it's like, oh, well, it's too messy, so I'm not going to do it. It's like, well, the alternative would be not looking at my finances, not paying attention to my bank account. And that's going to be something that I like even less than being a messy budgeter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think, too, a lot of times it's easier to just say, like, oh, I'm not going to look at it and then it it won't be a problem. But I mean, and even before we really started budgeting using the template, we weren't necessarily stressed out about our money Mm -hmm. like oh god every month but I mean Mm -hmm. it was something that I knew that we could we could improve on and we could make better use of what we had that's a a really important part especially as you're mentioning a couple times that like you're a teacher and you're also paid once a month so once you get that check that has to last for 30 Mm -hmm. days having a way to pace yourself and to allow yourself to see how to make the most of that It not only makes your finances more efficient or more aligned with your priorities, but I think it also honors the work that you do at your job, right? You work really hard for that paycheck. And so you want to be able to see that paycheck turn into the things that you're pursuing and not just disappear. And I think that's something um, that is really highlighted in budgeting is that people at large, I mean, anybody just really underestimates how quickly money can disappear, right? Like they're like, oh, surely those couple of transactions were not a problem. That didn't, but then we add it all up and it's like, wow, that really does put a dent in what's available out of my paycheck. And that's something that as you budget consistently, like what you're describing and like the pay period budget and stuff, you have less of those shocking moments of like, oh, Mm -hmm. I spent what? Because you just you can't forget what you see, right? So if I go in and I'm consistently looking at our bank accounts and recording our transactions into the budget, once I close that out and I go about about the rest of my day, I can't forget that the budget told me you have $85 left in your budget buffer, right? I can choose to ignore it. I can choose to spend over that amount, but I can't forget and act like I could plead innocence in overspending. So I think it does help just 
in a kind way, put some guardrails on where we're going with like, hey, this is what you wanted to do. So now you are more consistent and it's not new for you. It is more, I would probably say it's more automatic. What are some things that between last August and now you've been able to accomplish either in like actually achieving goals or just in the way you feel? How would you say you and your money are different now than they were last August when you started? I feel like the biggest thing is that I don't look at the budget as being restrictive. I look at it like an opportunity. And I think when people hear the word budget, they mm-hmm. they imagine like the little Dave Ramsey envelopes mm-hmm. and, oh gosh, this is all I have. To me, it's just an opportunity to make a plan. It has really changed my attitude about money mm-hmm. and how we use money and how we use what we have wisely in our family. It's just taken away a lot of the, like I said earlier, just the guilt surrounding money and that I don't look at it like it's restrictive. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Like, oh, I only have $200 in my restaurant. We're not going to get to do this or that. Like, no, you can. And I tell my son this, he's four. We can have anything, but we can't Mm -hmm. have everything. Yes. And that's kind of how I look at it. You know, it's just a plan and it's an opportunity and your budget doesn't have to be restrictive. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people think like, oh, I don't need a budget because, I I mean, I personally don't know what amount of money of income it would be for me to say, I don't need a budget. Yeah. It'd have to be a whole lot though, because even if you have a lot. I was going to say, it'd have to be a whole lot more than what I'm making right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even if you've got a lot coming in, like that's still a huge opportunity Mm -hmm. to to use that wisely Mm -hmm. and to make a plan for it. And sometimes we have those in our family, a big commission check. And that can feel like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of money. What? Yeah, sure. We could go to Disney World, I Mm -hmm. guess. I mean, is that what's most important for our family though? No. And what's Mm -hmm. moving us in the direction of the big picture goals that we that we want to accomplish? Well, what would you say to anybody who's listening who is more like Mint is closing and they're like, oh, I have to find something automatic because I need it to be synced because I there's no way that I would have the time to look at all my transactions. What would you say to somebody like that? Well, I would say it's a lot easier if you have fewer transactions, <laughs> which I think I do now because I'm like, oh, do I really want to, this, is this really worth putting this in there? And and we've kind of streamlined everything too, as far as our account, just, just simplifying. Because I think especially people utilizing credit cards as much as they do, you can end up paying for stuff that you bought. Mm-hmm. A long time long ago. Time. Yeah. And and that's, we've experienced that too. Like, oh gosh, okay. That was, that was last month. And then now mm-hmm. here's my paycheck and I have to budget $500 for whatever that is. I would say first to see where you could simplify. If you are used to having three different credit cards going at once and then your bank account, debit card and, and every other thing that that is hard I mean and mm-hmm. it would be hard to keep yep. up with that and maybe for some people it does the, the automation but for me it was like if I spent anything out of any other account than my regular checking account it was just off in la la yep. land and I yep. forgot about it until the statement came around and then I'm like oh gosh okay and it's hard to budget like that for sure so simplifying your mm-hmm. finances and like we talked about earlier 
it takes a couple mm-hmm. of months or a couple of pay periods. Like it is messy and every month is not going to be perfect. And you're going to have some where you're like, well, that didn't work out like yep. I thought it was going to. And, For and sure. that's okay. I use this. My sister and I are both quilters, which is a very mm. precise kind of craft. But done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. We got it done. It's fine. Yep. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next thing. And if we're chasing after perfect, there's not going to be any budget tool that works for us because none of them are going to allow us to be perfect. No. And that's a lot of, I think for a lot of people that leads to avoidance. Like, oh, if I can't do it just right, then I'm just not even, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to look at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And especially with the simplify message, I think that's so important too, because especially with money, we like to believe that the more complicated it is, the, the better it'll work. Right. Like the more intricate we can make things, the the wiser we're being or the smarter we're being. And it's like yeah. it's actually the really boring, consistent stuff that tends mm-hmm. to have the best results. Yeah. And that's when it becomes a habit, too. Yes. And, and it takes a long time to build to build habits like that where yeah. you're going to remember to check in and, and do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're automated and it's just sinking in there for you. You might still check in once a month, but even then you're seeing what has already happened. You're not right. using it to make a plan for yeah. for what's to come. I'm just curious as we close out, how far in advance yeah. do you like to have it planned out? Like do you how how many months ahead do you like to have your budget built? If there's big stuff that I know coming up, I will go ahead and put it in or like if I know we're going to have a more substantial payday. I Mm -hmm. like to make a plan for that ahead of time, especially too in real estate. Like you don't know. I mean, you could have a deal going that could end the day before closing and you don't get paid at all. So you can't with that, you can't plan super far ahead. But if, if I feel like it's coming, then I like to, to make a plan for that a couple months ahead of time or like big vacations or Christmas or things like that. Yeah. You have to be aware of what's coming up. Yeah. Give yourself a little time. I honestly, this is my admission. I, for the first time, have gotten to November without planning anything for 2024. I usually, (laughs) I'm usually at least like a quarter ahead where I'm like, all right, well, now that, now that the fourth quarter of the year has started, I need to build quarter one of next year. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but I need to. (laughs) Yeah. We don't, we don't think that that far ahead. We're, I don't know, maybe we're more spontaneous than (laughs) I mean, should be, I, but... I think it's more I think it's more for me the realization that 2024 is like a month and a half away that's yeah. the surprising part for me right I'm like yes. okay like three more pay periods from now we're going to be talking about the yeah the new year which is just wild but I need to and get I have that. started thinking about the other day I told my husband like we need to you know if we want to go somewhere for spring break we need mm-hmm. to book it which we've traveled on points for the most part but I'm like you got to do it he's like that's so far ahead it's of time not, but it's no not. it's really not yeah like we gotta get it done <laughs> if we want to so do it true that's so yeah. true this is just a time of year that flies it's so wild yeah. all right well thank you so much for being willing to share talking about what you've done before what you've found success in 
I'm especially excited for people to hear the part about, I think I think it'll helpfully ruffle a few feathers to realize that it's not going to be good right away and that you found yeah. success here now 15 months later because you stuck it out in those first couple months that weren't perfect, weren't pretty. But now you're saying you're describing things that I think everybody really wants, which is to not feel guilty, mm-hmm. to feel like you know where your money is going, that it's simple, that it's straightforward, and that you and your husband are more on the same page. Those are all things we want. We just yeah, have to definitely. push through that initial messy part in order to get to the other side of that. So thank you for coming on and being willing to talk about that. All right. We're here for another round of Not Worth Your Money. We both have one to bring to the table today. Do you want to go first? Sure. So this one will require a little bit of mom math explanation, but the one that I thought of is extended car warranties. Wow. We have only ever bought... We've only had one opportunity. Only had one opportunity (laughs) because up until this point, we bought used private party old vehicles in cash. Yes. So this is the mom math that went through my head when we were sitting at the dealership. We had already decided to purchase the van, but then we went and sat down with a finance guy to go over the exact cost of everything, write the check, all that good stuff. And he's the one that presented us with multiple options for extended warranties, including nothing declining completely. And the options were, it's intriguing. And it's definitely, I understand why people are interested because the idea of not having to pay for a car repair when it comes up is very appealing. However, the math that I was running, just rough mental math in my head, was that most of the warranty, he gave us, I think, three options that were like different deductibles or different lengths of time. The thing I kept coming back to was whatever the cost of the warranty is, you are guaranteed to pay that much no matter if you use the warranty or not. So on our vehicle that's a 2018, if it was a three-year warranty and it cost $2,800, you're guaranteed to pay $2,800. You don't get a refund if you don't use the warranty versus playing the gamble, basically, that if a repair comes up in the next three years, it might cost $1,000, but that's still about a third of what the warranty would cost. So in my head, the probability that I was running and the risk benefit that I ultimately decided that it wasn't worth our money was that if we got the warranty, we absolutely had to pay the $2,800 no matter what, even if we had nothing wrong. If we forego the warranty and decided to take the risk on ourselves, I decided that it was more likely that we would have less than $2,800 of repairs on that new of a vehicle within the three years of the warranty versus paying for the warranty and most likely losing money in the deal. Yeah, totally. I, I think I we obviously agreed because it's a decision that we That's made. What mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it really comes down to opportunity cost of your money and what you might pay the 2800 and get the value out of it. It's not like it's a worthless thing, but there's also things that we could do with that same amount of money right now that we might find more beneficial than, you know, playing the gamble that we would actually get the value out of that 2800 sometime in the next three years. Yeah. Or keeping it in savings and then ending up needing to use it for a car repair, but it accrued interest for a while while you waited. The other thing is that the warranties that they were offering us had deductibles as well. So I think it was like 10% or something. So if a $3,000 repair happened, you're still paying $300 as a 10% deductible on top of 
the warranty amount that you paid, which the warranty amount plus 10% of that repair is still close to $3,000, which would be about the same as just paying it out. So there's a reason. I, I think what I thought of too was when you're in a, a situation like a dealership, their ultimate goal is profit at the end of the day. And so there's a reason that they are presenting you with several options, that they're explaining why they're great. They wouldn't do it if it wasn't profitable to them. And it's not that something can't be mutually beneficial, but just having that critical thinking perspective of why would they be so interested in explaining all these to me? Is it that they benefit more than I do, which I, I think is where I landed is most likely the case with uh, extended car warranty. So that's my take on not with your money is extended car warranty. Mine is, I think, timely as we're coming up to the holiday shopping season. Which you do so much of. No. <laughs> Mine, not worth your money, Amazon Prime. Which we have. Which we have. Full disclosure. We have not. <laughs> Full disclosure. This is not what a, are you disclosing? This is, this is not a sponsored <laughs> shit. Yeah. So the holiday season coming up and shopping and all that. The free two-day delivery, sometimes even sooner than that, depending on where you live. No minimum order quantity. I, that is appealing, especially if you are Prime video, subscribe Prime. and save. There's Yeah, there's also a ton of other stuff that comes along with it. It is worth my money. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's people who, like if you spend, I think it's $35. It's either $25 or $35. I think it's $25. Target is $35 free shipping if, if your order's 35. So that is fine. Like I wouldn't save a whole lot in shipping because I would say most of the time when you're ordering something on Amazon, it's probably over $25. Or you could wait until you needed a few things and order all at once for $25. I One of the things to me in our case is that I look at the cost of Amazon Prime as only being half of what it actually is because we share subscriptions with my parents so they pay for netflix we pay for amazon prime and then we share don't tell them netflix no no now we're legal again <laughs> we, yes. we have the whole netflix thing where under one account you can have multiple households with different ip addresses so we're on the up and up but i i don't look at the amazon prime as only paying for Am like when i we pay it in february it's 140 dollars for the year so like 11 dollars a month and then we are getting Netflix out of it, basically. So I find it worth our money. I, I still have it. No. What makes you say it's not, why would you not have it? Why, why are you bringing it up as not worth our money, even though we do pay for it? Well, I think that it is. But I would also, there would be a point where it would cost enough where I'd say probably not. Or just thinking about the other benefits of if we didn't have it, I might look more quickly at other places to purchase similar products rather than just it's the it's the convenience that kind of just traps you into I need to order this thing I'm looking on Amazon instead of I need to order this thing where would I buy this item maybe a hardware store or maybe another online vendor or something like that so I think it from a convenience standpoint definitely worth it but also what what is the uh, maybe philosophical value of the convenience. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But I mean, I just play it out in my head as $11 a month versus what I'm getting and it's worth it to me. There you go. We found one that we disagree about. <laughs> well, this has been Not Worth Your Money for this week. 
thank you for being here, Carly. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week on the Debt-Free Mom Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Mom Podcast. If you want to join me as a guest on the show, go to dfmpodcast.com. The Debt-Free Mom Podcast is hosted by me, Carly Hill, and is produced, edited, and mixed by Kyle Hill. Music for this episode was written by Kyle Hill. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening to join in with every new episode as we grow our confidence and contentment in our personal finances.